Good morning. Glad that you made it out fighting storm and rain and sleet and snow. Well, maybe not all that, but at least cold. It's been a cold winter. I guess a lot of places, but it feels exceptionally so for longer times here. My name is Randy. Uh, glad to be with you and uh, I'm happy to be a part of your day and for you to be a part of mine. We're in a, a series currently called Following Jesus, His Life and Teaching. Each week we are looking at a, a story from the life of Jesus. We're providing a, a handout as you would have received. And this handout that you just got is not for this morning, but it is for next Sunday. And my invitation is for you to pull that out, look at the passage, read through it, consider it, Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want, to, what do you want me to notice here? How, how is this to be a part of my life? And so you do that during the week, and I do that during the week, and then we come back together next week, and, and we've all shared this common experience of looking at this passage. And I think each week uh, there's greater vibrancy, greater opportunity for connecting with God through it. This morning we are going to be looking at a story where Jesus heals on the Sabbath, which sounds like an awesome thing. That'd be kind of like saying, hey, Jesus showed up and healed on ch at church on Sunday. But in those times and days, there were little challenges with that. So before we head into our material today, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your life lived as a model, as a way to show us a path to the Father. Spirit, thank you for your participation, your journeying with Jesus and your desire to journey with us. And Papa, for the very life, this eternal kind of life that you are offering to us, we thank you. Holy Spirit, would you have your way this morning? There are ideas and thoughts, and, but we want what you are doing here. And I ask that you would uh, touch each one, that you would stir their hearts. Jesus, that you would speak, that we would hear your voice today. For your glory. In your name, Jesus, let it be so. A couple weeks ago, I uh, led us in what's called an imaginative reading, or could some would call it imaginative prayer, of a passage as a more personal way for us to connect with the story, as well as to use our imagination to connect relationally with Jesus. Jesus tells us, uh, as recorded in John, that when he went away, he and the Father would send to us, to his disciples, the Holy Spirit, who would live in us, help us, empower us. And one of the ways, one of the tasks that he has and ways to help us is by teaching us all things. 
and reminding us of the things that Jesus said and did. Jesus said it this way, but the helper, the paraclete, the one coming alongside to help, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Using imaginative reading where we enter the story, where we are involved not just with our mind, with words, but using our heart and our imagination with story and, and imagining and listening and connecting with Jesus through the story is a way that the Holy Spirit can help us. And it is a way to read the scriptures. And it goes beyond words where we see and hear with our heart as the scriptures speak of so frequently. I'm going to read our story from John 5 two times. It's going to be a little different this time than last time. Isn't that good? And um, the first time, I want you just simply to picture the scene. Imagine that you're there as a part of the crowd. Listen. Imagine seeing Jesus, the people, and the surroundings. But before reading the text, I want to give you just a little brief background backstory. I'd wake you up this morning. A long time ago in a far land far away, God took on flesh, becoming human, so he might save and deliver humankind from the evil Lord Satan and his demonic troops. It's a time of great religious propriety with religious leaders valuing rules and regulations over hearts in love and relationship with the living God. Jesus had gone to Jerusalem to attend a Jewish festival. On the Sabbath, a holy day when no work is to be done, Jesus goes to a place in Jerusalem that's a kind of hospital where there's a pool called in Hebrew Bethesda. The area around the pool had five covered porches. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed waiting for the moving of the waters, for it was believed that an angel of the Lord went down at certain times into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first stepped in after the stirring of the water was made well from whatever disease with which they were afflicted. Imagine this place. Think about what that would look like for a multitude, a plethora of people to be crowded into an area with porches, covered areas, and this pool of water where there was this tradition, this thought and understanding that an angel could make healing available. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. 
When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up and while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, stand up, take your mat and walk. At once, the man was made well. He took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. Jewish religious leaders, seeing the man carrying his mat, said to the man who had been cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, "Uh, the man who made me well said to me to take up my mat and go. They asked him, well, who is this man who said to you, take it up and walk? Now, the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Do not continue sinning, so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. I'm going to read through the story a second time, and I would encourage you to, if you're comfortable with it, to close your eyes. Imagine being there in that scene, in the crowd, watching this man's encounter with Jesus. I'm going to pause between some of the sentences to allow us to have a little more time to picture, imagine, to connect with the story, to see what's going on, to imagine what Jesus looks like, what's going on in this man's heart. I'm also going to conclude the story a little sooner, and I'm going to lead us into an added element of listening and reflection. So just stay with me as we get near that point. Jesus had gone to Jerusalem to attend a Jewish festival. On the Sabbath, a holy day when no work is to be done, Jesus goes to a place in Jerusalem that's a kind of hospital near the Sheep Gate where there was a pool called, in Hebrew, Bethesda. The area around the pool had five covered porches. In these lay a multitude of invalids, (coughs) blind, lame, 
paralyzed. Each one waiting for the motion, the moving of the waters. For it was believed that an angel of the Lord went down at certain times into the pool and stirred up the water. As it went, whoever then first stepped in after the stirring of the water was made well from whatever disease with which they were afflicted. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to the man, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once, the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. As Jesus slips into the crowd, he's looking for someone. Then he sees you. A smile crosses his face and he walks to you.
as he stands before you, he gazes into your eyes. Jesus then speaks softly to you, almost a whisper. What would you wish to tell me? Just speak to him from your heart. Tell him what you would say to him. Now listen for his response. What would he say to you, having heard your, what you spoke? Just listen. He wants to speak to you. As I was reflecting on this yesterday, I sensed God speaking to all of us saying, you are my beloved children. I long to be with you. For you to know and feel how much I love you. Your days are full. Responsibilities, tasks. Yet I am always with you. And I will never leave you. If your eyes are still closed, you can open them. I hope that experience was meaningful. That's a kind of prayer. Kind of a cool one, one that's a little unfamiliar. I just want to interact with uh, the passage a little bit. I don't have much here. As I uh, read through the text during the week, different things were highlighted, and I interacted with uh, the material. I asked uh, God what he would say to me about them. And one of the themes... um, that stood out from this story as well as from so many of the stories from the life and teaching of Jesus is the interaction of grace and faith. When we consider the story we have read today, there's a a point in the story where the man is faced with what might be called a crisis of faith. As you did before, but maybe more thoughtfully, for 38 years, he's been an invalid. 
at some point moved to this location where there is a plethora, a multitude of other people in similar conditions. We don't know if there are governmental provisions that care for the poor. Typically, that was done from people's own pocketbooks. Those who care and love, they're like homeless, sick people. They don't have leprosy, so they're not cast out, but they're separated. Day after day, he wakes up facing his condition. Day after day, wakes up facing the circumstances around him. Day after day, he lays upon his mat with no hope of life ever being different. Day after day, he goes to sleep at night knowing that tomorrow would be the same. Then one day, one Sabbath, a day for resting from self-effort and what we can do on our own, a man walks up to him and asks him, do you want to be made well? I can imagine some of the thoughts that might have gone through his mind. Do I want to be made well? Are you kidding? Day after day, I, I lay here in this stinking sewer of a place surrounded by a crowd of others all wanting to get well. And me, can I get into the water ahead of everyone else? No. A man with a broken body and a ruined life? Do I want to be made well? Yeah, right. That's a joke. And so he tells Jesus of his woes, the reasons why he can't be well. Jesus ignores his comments, apparently makes no response to them other than, stand up, take your mat, and walk. I believe in that moment that that man had a choice. He could choose to close his eyes in exasperation and disbelief. He could choose to be offended. What is this guy doing and talking to me? Or he could choose to respond, to believe. And to act on that belief. The grace and power of God to heal was present. It was available to him through the words of Jesus. But I believe he had to choose to believe. He had to choose to accept and act upon those words. We think of belief as a, a mental assent. Yeah, I, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. But do we take action to live as if that is so? Genuine belief and faith, as they're the same word in the Greek language, requires action to affirm that 
belief and faith? Speculative question. If you believe that you could, after church today, drive over to Valero and buy a lottery ticket and win a million dollars, would you do it? If you believed you could go there, buy a ticket, and win a million dollars, would you do it? If you didn't, I would say you didn't believe it. It's too good to be true. There's too many others. There's no way. It's all rigged anyway. And on and on and on we go with our understandings of how the world really is. If you were walking out here and wanted to walk over to uh, one of the restaurants that's on the corner over there, and you needed to cross the street, and so you looked both ways, and you saw a car approaching very fast, and you believed even if you sprinted that you were going to get hit by that car, would you still cross the street at that moment? No, not unless you were there to commit suicide. Faith, belief, at some point comes down to the need for action. We have to live as if it's so. And in some cases, inaction, such as that silly example of not crossing the street when a car is heading towards you, is a kind of inaction, but it's based on faith. That is a faith act. But most of the time, belief requires us to act according to our beliefs. Grace, we say around here, is the empowering presence of God, enabling us to do what He asks us to do and to be who He asks us to be. Daniel, can you put that up on the screen? More simply, grace is God acting in our life. Faith, then, is our response. Faith is our acting to let go of fear and the need to be in control. The mindsets and worldviews we have about the world, to let them go. Faith is our acting taking action upon what God has said, what He has spoken. Faith is our agreement, our acting with God in what He is doing. The man in our story today heard the words of Jesus. He believed and he acted upon them. He stood up, picked up his mat, and walked. Grace extended, by faith received, God acting with him to bring about healing. Jesus was invited by God that day to go to that location. Somehow, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus had a sense, hey, I need to stop by the hospital this morning. 
wonder if there's anybody there God wants me to visit. Jesus could have thought, well, I'll just do that later. Or, you know what, it's the Sabbath. And those religious leaders, they're just going to get on me. They're always getting on me. No, I believe he acted by faith. Even to ask the man the question. Even to say the words. God acting with him. Grace extended, the man being healed. Grace and faith. I wonder what God's invitation to you this morning might be. I wonder if there's something He's inviting you to do by faith through His grace, His acting with you. So as a second time, I want to close by giving us a couple of minutes to perhaps go back to that spot where we were with Jesus earlier or there simply in your seat. And I want you, I'd like you to ask God, God, what is your invitation to me today? God, is there something you're inviting me to do by faith? Through your grace, you acting with me. So let's do that. Just take a couple moments, close your eyes if that's comfortable, and ask him that. What is his invitation? Papa, thank you that you are a living God who longs to have relationship with us, your children. I sense your invitation for us to come and be with you. live our lives with you, to invite you into the circumstances, the difficult, the good, those where we need wisdom and direction. Holy Spirit, we look to you to help us even to do that. Jesus, thank you for living out a life that shows us and demonstrates to us what it can be like. Thank you for the choices you made and you continue to make as you pray for us, as you partner with the Holy Spirit and live in us and through us. Have your way today. Might this Sabbath, a Sunday Sabbath, be a day to connect with you? Would you help us no matter what we're doing? Cooking food, doing homework, taking a nap, 
you'd be with us as we do it. Our lives are yours. And we welcome your life into us. In Jesus' name. Let it be so. Thanks for hanging out this morning. Hope you enjoyed your time with Jesus. I've got a sheet for next week. Uh, Next week is the beginning of our fast, and there's actually passages about fasting uh, that we'll be uh, considering, and you will be considering if you'll do that during the week and ask the Holy Spirit what He wants to highlight for you. you've got something uh, that you think is really good, please uh, email me, let me know so that I can make sure and include it next Sunday. (laughs) Bless you all. If uh, anyone would like prayer, um, someone to come alongside to stand in the place of Jesus as one of his kids to pray with you over a circumstance or thing that you need, please come on up. We'll have some folks up here that will do that. Bless you. Have a great week.